This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is Friday, September the 4th. This is episode 994. It's Meet My Friend Friday. And you guys, I have an incredible guest on the show with me today. Betty Campbell is here, and uh, she has an amazing story. We're going to be talking to you guys about why it's so important to keep your kids safe on the Internet. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. A couple of things I want to let you know of before we get started. We just started a brand new scripture writing challenge for the month of September. We are studying the book of First Peter at Mom Strong International. So the scripture writing challenge, of course, started on the 1st of September, but the brand new Bible study starts this coming Monday. So this is a great time for you guys to get plugged in. It's a great time for you to study with your kids. If you have kids who are teenagers, they can actually do the study with you. If you have younger kids, you might want to consider uh, doing Kids Strong with them. That is a part of the monthly Bible study at Mom Strong International. You can also get a group discount rate. So if you are a mom who says, I want to do this with a group of women, uh, contact us. You can contact my assistant, Kay. Uh, that's K-A-Y at HeidiStJohn.com and ask her about group discounts, and we will help you guys out. We really want to see you studying the Word. This is about uh, the Scripture Writing Challenge is 2 bucks a month, and the full Bible study is right around $8 a month. So it's a very, very uh, wonderful way for you to make an investment into your family and into yourself as you study to know God's word better. You know, we're called to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And so often we're struggling with that in the culture right now. And uh, you guys know, I've been encouraging for years over here, get off the bench and onto the battlefield, off the sidelines and onto the front lines of the culture. And recently I was speaking for the underground church in Vancouver, Washington, and I met an incredible woman with an incredible story. And I asked her if she'd be willing to come on the show and share her story with you. I know you guys are going to be so encouraged. I can't wait for you to meet her. Uh, Betty Campbell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Heidi. So you and I met in Vancouver on a relatively decent day in the middle of the Rona. Yes. And uh, I was really interested immediately in what you had to say. And uh, you have a heart for kids, particularly uh, uh, students who have been caught up in sex trafficking and all kinds of other things. And you run a ministry called Expose Hope. And I thought, wow, let's start this discussion because I think we might break this into two podcasts. But I really want people to understand who you are because it gives you credibility to why you're so passionate about what you're doing. And then let's transition into how we can help parents keep their kids safe on the internet because everybody's on the internet now, right? More kids than ever because of uh, virtual school, which you and I can talk about for hundreds and hundreds of days. Uh, but let, let's, uh, let's just start at the very beginning, kind of your testimony, where the Lord has brought you, where he's brought you from and kind of what you're doing now. Sounds great. Well, when, um, when I began Expose Hope, we were actually in the middle of an outreach for my church to bars. Um, and we had been taking coffee and chocolate, talking to people in the smoking areas. And, uh, we came out of a bar and we were driving out and there was a woman in a wheelchair there. Um, she's on the side of the road. She was crying. 
So my husband was a driver. And I this said, is in Portland? It was in um, Hillsboro, Oregon. Oregon. Okay. And I said, hey, can you pull the car over? I need to talk to her. Uh, just uh, about a year before I was hit by a car, I was in a wheelchair for quite a long time. I had to learn to rewalk. Mm. Um, and uh, I just, my heart broke for her. So I got out, handed her a bottle of water, and she said, I don't know why he's doing this. Um, I brought him here, and he said he wouldn't touch anyone, and then he's in getting a lap dance. And I looked up, and we were in front of a strip club. Mm. And I said, oh, my goodness. My heart broke for her because she thinks she's doing an altruistic thing, um, and she's being used. And it broke for him because he's not going to get filled in there. And then it really broke for the young woman because when I was um, very young, I was in the life and I walked in those stilettos. So I knew that that woman also had holes in her heart that could not be filled. And my pastor asked me, would you ever go into a place like that? I said, I'll go wherever God sends me. So I thought this was going to be a small outing. We would go once a month. Um, We would go in and chat with the girls real quickly, and we would be out. And uh, I had a business. I thought I can run that business. I can just donate all the gifts. Um, That'll be my donation. Um, So you're running a business of your own. So you have a life. Yes. I think this is really important for people to hear because one of the biggest excuses I hear is, well, I can't do that. I have a regular job. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But really, when the Lord calls you, you figure out a way. And I love that you listen to him. And you're going, were you going to strip clubs then and meeting these women? Right. We would go into clubs um, and we would take a small gift. We still do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Just try to create relationships so they knew where to go um, when it all hit the fan. Um, Our shirts say, Jesus loves strippers. Mm -hmm. um, And we wanted them to know they they have a maker who created them and loves them right where they stand. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started, um, we went to a few clubs. we were told we would get in about half of what we. I was say, do they they let you in? I was surprised uh, coming out of the life. I I'm would not. To I would not let you me with in. your right. Jesus Love Stripper shirt getting actually into, into a strip club. club. Yeah, um, yeah, it was amazing. And so we picked ten clubs. Um, we picked them like all over the Portland area so that they would be kind of spread. We would reach more girls, um, and then of course that one in Hillsboro. Um, and, uh, one of them that we picked, um, actually, um, is still one of my very favorites that we went to that night and we were told half. So I thought, oh, I'll pick 10. We'll go into five. We got into all 10. Oh my goodness. Um, and it began to grow nearly immediately. And we had girls calling us nearly immediately for helps. And so when you go in and help me understand, I know the listeners are like, why are you doing that? So you, you go into a club and you are, you're there specifically to meet these girls. Yes. And how do you get access to them? We just say, we brought some gift for your ladies. We just want to let them know they're cared about. And they usually will open the dressing room to us. Wow. So we can walk in the dressing room normally. Some clubs actually prefer we're on the floor. So we're on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. And we just walk in and we just let them know that God loves them, period. Mm-hmm. We're in about 10 minutes usually. We have got a couple clubs that just love us. So we're in there half an hour. But we're not in for very long. We're just leaving, dropping seeds. Mm-hmm. And we assume that we probably would never harvest those seeds. Mm-hmm. But pretty soon um, we begin to get calls like, asking, can a stripper go to church? Is that okay? Um, My children need a church or I want to leave the life. How do I do that? And so we began immediately harvesting lots of resources. So we now have housing, um, doctors, dentists, psychologists. Um, 
We have people who will work on resumes. We have people who help with housing, who help with addictions help uh, needs. Um, so wow. we just have a lot of resources that we can now offer when asked. And so you, you, I'm, I'm assuming that you're making, you have to be making relationships with the club owners, right? Because you can't, I would assume uh, that you, you couldn't get into a place like that unless you had a rapport exactly. with like, like bouncers and club owners and, and people. And so how hard is that to do? It sounds like it wasn't very hard for you, it, but you're just delightful. So I can see why. It was amazing. I, I expected <laughs> so to be thrown out. Um, um, but we, yeah, most club owners actually love us because there are girls who just need to leave the life yeah. and they know that. Or there are girls who are in trouble, girls who are beaten by their pimps or boyfriends mm-hmm. and the club owners can't step into those situations or they have to step into all of them. Mm-hmm. We can step into those situations and take her down for counseling or take her down for a, a restraining order and the club never has to be involved. So we're a nice go between between society and the girl and where the club doesn't have to step in. So they usually like having us there. So a little bit more um, about you. you said you grew up you grew up in it or how did you get into this life as a, I'm assuming you had been in your teens. Right. I was um, married very, very young. I was 17 when I met the guy that I first married. And uh, he, um, I was working at the state of Ohio. I was an actuarial assistant. It was a great job. Um, but being young and not worldly, um, when my husband began to tell me that his ex-girlfriend was um, Miss Nude Florida, um, and she had offered him all kinds of things I couldn't seem to offer. Mm. Um, I just didn't want to lose my husband. Mm-hmm. So I um, began looking, could I work in that field and do it like part time? And that would make him happy. So I saw an, in a job that was listed as a waitress in a strip club. And I thought, well, I'll bet they make good money, too. Mm-hmm. So I went down for that job. And the owner of the club looked at me and said, well, you can have the job, but why do you want to do that and not dance? And I said, well, I I'm, I don't want to be nude. I don't want to do any of that. He said, well, you know that our waitresses are topless. And I was, as I said, not very worldly. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I did not know at the time that um, that their waitresses usually were topless. Yeah. So it was really strange to me. And, and I said, but you can make more money this way. And I said, how much more? And he mm-hmm. said, substantially. Wow. And he offered me a chance to get on stage. Um, He said, it's afternoon. There's hardly anybody here. And there were only a couple of guys in the club. He said, it's an easy thing. And if you hate it, you never have to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I got on stage and he seated a guy with some money. And I made $300 that day for one session on stage. And this was years ago. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. This was a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And I thought, "I, I can't turn this down. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, and it just, it just snowballs from there. Yes. I was very young. I just, um, you know, here was this world with all this money, um, all these new friends, all these parties, and I just fell in. And then once you're in, it's very hard to fall out. Mm -hmm. Um, I call stripping the, um, minor leagues Mm -hmm. of the sex industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. pimps come in and they are searching for girls that they're going to add to their rosters, um, it's very easy to end up in the life, and it's just not a good experience for anyone. It was a horrible experience in my life. I truly believed at the time that if God could kill me, mm. if he could see through the ceiling, which was painted black, that he would kill, strike me dead on stage. Mm. If someone would have come in and said, but God loves you, yeah, it would have changed my life. Yeah. Instead, I spent years and years and years, even after I was the 
I was leading a very large homeschool co-op in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, but I never told any of them because mm-hmm. I knew that that church would never allow me to serve mm-hmm. as a homeschool mom yeah. um, if I had a past in the sex industry. So yeah. I hid it for years and years and years. And now look what God's doing. It's amazing look what he's, what he's doing. doing. God's the healer. Yes. And I'm always telling people, even you know, I came from, a, from an abusive background, and so my heart always, you know, uh, always goes out to people who have struggled and suffered because you, when you realize how loved you are, it changes everything. It does. When you realize how loved you are, when you realize, you know, that that uh, that God, he cares about you in every aspect of your life. And God doesn't look at you with a feeling of regret or shame. He's like, that's my daughter. And I love her. And what you're doing is so important because you're taking the experience. And this is why I think people who have gone through struggle have such an incredible opportunity to minister because the person who's most likely be able to reach someone who's uh, suffering from breast cancer is not the person who's never had breast cancer. Right. It's the person who's had breast cancer came out on the other side of it and you still say that God is good. And the person who God's going to use to reach a woman who's caught up in stripping and who's working in the sex industry isn't going to be someone who doesn't understand that industry and has never been in it, never been around it. It's going to be someone who knows the pain and the ravages and also knows how faithful God is and how he's a healer. And I'm just, I'm so encouraged because what you've done is you just told the enemy, you know what, you're not, you don't get me. And not only do you not get me, you're not going to get as many girls or whose lives as I can touch with the gospel, which is such a powerful thing. And uh, I want parents to hear this message because I know more and more, and we're seeing this now uh, because sex trafficking is being exposed. More and more we're watching, thanks to the RONA rate, uh, opportunities for kids to be drawn into uh, sex trafficking. People don't understand uh, that these kids, your daughters are being targeted. Like they straight up are being targeted. And so I want to take, because you know this industry and you know these people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like with, with me, I always tell people I can spot an abuser a mile away. Somebody comes in, even into the homeschool resource center. If I got a, a bad feeling in my spirit, I'm almost always right. You know, because your your spirit bears witness like this. There's an evil here. Right. And, and exactly. Yeah. So, you know what I'm talking about. So you uh, you've got experience with this and parents need to understand that their children are not as safe as they think that they are. And particularly when uh, they're not paying attention. So uh, right before we started, you and I were talking about how we can keep kids safe on the Internet. And uh, and now in a, in a world of virtual school which, oh my goodness, you know, it's, we're having, it's a field day for the adversary right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what should parents be looking for? So when you, when you're, you're going to talk to you and like, there's a lot of homeschool moms that listen to this and they think, I'm not, my kids aren't, you know, out on the street. My kids aren't, uh, you know, my kids aren't exposed to any of this stuff. And yet they've been desensitized. Thank you, Disney. Uh, they've been desensitized. They've been played in a lot of ways, parents also. And they don't realize, wow, my kids really are kind of ripe for the picking. So what do you say to parents when you kind of, when you want to sort of tiptoe into this conversation of how can we protect our kids? Well, it's funny. We once had um, a guest speaker come and speak. We offered it free to every church in the Hillsborough area about how to keep your kids safe. And we um, actually had churches say to us, well, we don't need that. Our, our children are covered by the blood of Jesus. Oh, for goodness sake. Um, and okay. <laughs> yes, they, they are covered by the blood of Jesus, but that doesn't mean they're never going to be in a car accident. Right. Nobody's ever going to take them. Nothing's nothing bad will ever happen to them. Yeah. So we as parents need to be aware that these traffickers, your child as and some of them very young, they love to get boys who are eight. Mm-hmm. Your children are worth about $150,000 a year each. 
to a pimp. Now, what will a pimp do to make $150,000 a year? So, and most of our kids, yes, and most of our people, the, the adults especially that I work with, are not bound. They are mentally manipulated. So I really, sometimes I really don't like to see the bound thing, but with really small children, that is exactly how it's done, which is why I prefer my my grandchildren not be wearing masks mm-hmm. um, because it's very easy to put duct tape or a ball and a gag in a child's mouth and put a mask, a mask over them. Yeah. And some of the masks now go across your face and down your back. So it's very easy for that all to be hidden. Mm. And it takes but a second. So as that has become norm that children are... And they don't even Masked. question it. Yeah, right. we're not no questioning one it. Questions. We're little kids in masks and we're like, oh, look at their parents are trying to keep him safe. Right. And if they are acting out, it's, oh, that child is acting out. I'm so glad that parent is taking care of it mm-hmm. instead of I wonder what's going on that's making that child act out mm-hmm. um, because they won't have voice. Um, we're literally taking the voice from our children is, in my eyes. Yeah. So, um, But then the other thing that's happening because of COVID, well, they're trapped in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, they're tra- trapped there sometimes by their own governors. Mm-hmm. And their governors are leaving them there and they need to be educated. So they said, oh, well, we'll just do this all yeah, online. No problem. Right. Yeah. Now, homeschoolers for years have been using programs that are online, mm-hmm. that are accredited, that are wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that in the public schools, these teachers are not taught the way. They're not taught biblically. Mm-hmm. So what they're teaching, what they have been teaching our students, I mean, we have see, we've all seen things that have come out of the public schools. Yep. Questionnaires, do your parents have guns? Do your parents spank you? Do your parents, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Well, what we don't see is even worse than what we do see. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have had a place where they could teach this with no parental intervention for the most part. Um, now, suddenly, um, you can see them and they can see you. And so they are actually asking parents in some districts to sign saying they won't watch what their child is doing. Never Never do that. Ever, ever would I sign that I would not watch what my child is watching. Unbelievable. It's so blatant now. They're not even hiding it. No. And there's some, and the idea is that you're a bad parent if you don't trust the state. But you are the one who God gave those children to, not the state. And you are held responsible for them. So if they are being taught things, the children that are out there doing some of the things that are happening in our society today, some of the riots, these are kids 18 to 26 who have been taught behind our backs that this is okay. So once that seed is in their head, it's a very hard seat to unplant. Mm-hmm. Know what your children are being taught. But mm-hmm. also they're being taught that it is normal to have relationships on a computer. Computers are not relationships any more than they are church. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. So you need to have real relationships. Your child needs to be going to friends' houses. We have a 33% higher suicide rate right now in middle schoolers and high schoolers mm-hmm. than we've ever had. And it's because they have no true interaction. Yeah. But they're being told mentally by their teachers and by other people. got to stay safe. you got to stay home. Right. And that, yeah. that being together is bad yeah. and that this is, this is real. Yeah. But it's not. We all know, you know and I know, yeah. anything can be manipulated on That's the Internet. Right. Yeah. Um, and most of these kids don't understand that. Kids... When pimps pick up kids on the internet, they don't go and look like a pimp. Yeah. If they use other kids or they use 
their top girl who's or their bottom girl who's really their top girl mm-hmm. um, to get online as a 14 or 15 or 16 year old and they mm-hmm. talk to them about their issues and they'll say they'll, where would they find them when you say they talk to them about their issues I think most moms are going I'm not talking to my kid how do they how do they talk to your kids well when your child posts something and believe me, nearly every child I know, when I stand on stage and say, we're just, I, I take a kid out of the audience and I say, I've got this great technology. I can actually show every text you have ever put out, every single post. So we're going to put some up here on the screen. The kids will scream oh, because, and some of these are homeschool kids. Yeah. These are church kids because they, they have accounts their parents don't know about. They'll have three different accounts um, on most sites social media are we talking mostly social, social media, media instagram tiktok yes. so you you have different accounts and mom sees one account but she may not know that you have two other accounts so they are logging in and they are hashtagging things they're taught that this is a way to get found and this is a way to be connected hashtag bad mom hashtag grounded hashtag terrible boyfriend and all i have to do is bring that up and see who posted it and said and Message them. Yeah. I see that your mom grounded you too. Me too. This is so wrong. Are you in Portland? I'm in Portland. Hey, there's a party tonight. You want to come? And they get manipulated into doing things. And a lot of times rape is used in the manipulation. Once they get them out to a party, then they'll rape the girl Mm -hmm. or young boy. They'll take pictures of this and they'll say, do you want your mom and dad to see this? Now it's extortion. Now it's blackmail. Do you want this to be your brother? Because I know you have a brother too and I can get him just as easily. Mm -hmm. And so they manipulate them into the industry. industry. And it's very, it's a dark, dark world. Once they're in it, getting out of it is nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. And they use the internet and their cell phones. To let them know where they need to be and at what time. And they will send a car. The kids get out of the house and they will pick them up. And they are back home before mom and dad even know they're gone. Because mom and dad aren't up at 2 a.m. to Mm -hmm. see if they're letting themselves out. Mm -hmm. So we say it is very important that laptops and phones be in parent control in their bedroom at night. There Mm -hmm. should be no internet access Mm -hmm. for that child after 10. Mm -hmm. Because that's when that pimp is going to try to connect. Mm -hmm. Well, and parents, I mean, really, parents, listen up because it's hard. It's it's hard to maintain this. So I've got still a 15 year old daughter at home, and her computer comes in my room at night. Her phone comes in my room. But I'll tell you what, there have been nights that I'm just too tired to wrestle it away from her, or I want to go to bed at nine, and she's like, "But mom, you know, I'm I'm on, you know, I'm talking to my friends. I'm doing this, and I know her friends. But you got to be the parent here. You got to step up. And so what we did in our home was we were like, "Listen, it's your responsibility." This thing has to go. And when mom goes, when I turn in for the night, if I decide I'm going to bed at eight, that's when your laptop's going to bed too. So when I go to bed, that's when your laptop's going to bed. That's when you hand over your phone. That's when we have a lot of friends, uh, several of my friends now, they turn the internet off at night so the kids can actually access the Wi-Fi. They can't get to it. But parents, I mean, this is tough work, right? You're going to have to be in there. We all know what it's like to be uh, worn out by a toddler and you finally just give them the Sharpie and say, fine, whatever, color on whatever you want. (laughs) Please. And I'll paint over it tomorrow, right? But we can't afford to do that. No, we can't because they are worth too much to these pimps. And they literally are 24 hours a day dragging the Internet looking for kids. Um, And even when they go back to school, to think that they're safe at school is insane. There are traffickers in every high school. And they are teenagers 
who are traffickers. I talked to a guy the other day who was – he's a rap artist and he was playing in Salem. And I just know one when I see one now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said to him, you were a trafficker. And he said, how did you know? I did it in high school. He said, nobody knows about that because I quit doing that when the drugs started selling better. And I said, I can, I just can tell. And he did it in high school. And this is the norm. Wow. I want to be really clear, just some things that parents can do. So we want parents for sure, get your kids' uh, computers, phones, any device that they have needs to be in your possession in the evening. And what are some of the things that they can be doing? I strongly suggest that on their phone you put software that you can track what they do right. Such as? Um, um, Custodio is a good one. There are a lot of them. If you just look parental software, uh, you'll find a lot. It will also turn off their phones like during school. Mm -hmm. It will um, allow you to set times where Mm -hmm. they can't get back on it. Um, Also, knowing your kids' friends, not just their friends, who are their parents, where do both parents live, Um, And knowing their names and having a relationship with them is extremely important. Um, Knowing what your child wears every day, even if it's just taking a sly picture so that you can remember should they come up missing, you can say this is what they were wearing. Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to forget, especially if you have a lot of kids. What was she wearing today? Right, right, right. Having that connection. But the best thing that you can do actually is a as a real connection where they can tell you things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's hard because we don't want to hear some things. I don't, my kids are now adults. I don't want to know what they did mm-hmm. that they got away with, but mm-hmm. I need to know. Yeah. Um, you need to be able to listen and to sit there with a non judgmental attitude and say, yes, I understand you're going through that. How can we help you mm-hmm. go through that? Because they, they are taught they cannot trust mom and dad. They're taught that by the schools. They're taught to turn their parents in. They're taught that by media. And they're certainly taught that by every um, one that they follow on social media. Parents are the enemy. You need to not be the enemy. You need to have a good relationship with your child. I thought it was so interesting. Uh, in Utah, uh, there's an article that came out yesterday. in, in uh, So I guess it would have been last week. In Utah, the this, this state um, newspaper and it was exposing what was happening in the public school there. And they're basically, when the kids come to school and the parents, let's say the parents are anti-maskers like me. Like Heidi St. John is is a 100%. Take the mask off your face. It's ridiculous. We need to stop doing this. And these kids had a statement that came out of the school. Parents don't understand how important education is. Stop telling us what to do. Basically, it was the bottom line. The parents are the enemy. And it's very real. People think, oh, the schools aren't trying to turn kids against their parents. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And the more parents, if we got to be honest about this. And I appreciate the fact that you've, that you're willing to just say, this is important and we can't sweep it under the rug. And from somebody who knows these kinds of people and knows how manipulative they are and knows how vulnerable uh, this population of children, eight years old, oh my goodness. Uh, and we, we lose hundreds of thousands of kids every year in the United States that they don't find. Um, and how is we, that even possible? Why we, is this not front page news every day of the week? Because so many powerful people are involved in it. And so they don't want it to be front page news. There's a reason why Epstein didn't make it to trial. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have to remember how much money. Think about what how much money sports makes and then consider a, a something that would make over 100 times what sports makes every sport that you know of. That's trafficking. And so there's so much money involved and so many deep pockets and they need to cover it. 
So it's easy to make parents who are concerned look crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need to know what they have on their phones. What apps are they downloading? And they need to be asking permission to download apps. We actually have, if you go to our, we have a YouTube channel for Expose Hope. If you go there, we have some informational videos on what each of these do, what are the safeties on them, how to use those safeties, which ones we don't. We never, ever, by the way, I do not ever recommend that your child be allowed to have TikTok yep. or Snapchat. Yep. They are the two Evil that are favorite of for sex traffickers. traffickers so they're a terrible, terrible program. And even if it, it just ends up being teen sexting or whatever, mm-hmm. it's very easy to hide things from parents. And it is well, not the parents a good understand, thing for children like, to have. Uh, uh, there was a mom, a young mom uh, in uh, the, the resource center recently, and she was talking about, you know, the accounts that her kids had. And she said, these are pretty, she goes, actually, it's pretty benign. I haven't seen anything. So I said, here, search this hashtag and let me know what you find. She came back later and was like, oh my word, Heidi, there's like straight up porn on these things. Yep, that's right. And these kids know that. And the traffickers know it too. So where can people find you online? So they want to get a hold of you and we're going to continue this conversation. I'm going to have you back so we can, because I have so many other questions I want to ask you. But if parents are listening to you and they're like, I really want to get a hold of these people, find out how I can either volunteer to help you, uh, or if they can just hear more about you, maybe they got a question that they want to ask or maybe they're having trouble with one of their kids, how can they reach you? We're at ExposeHope.com. That's X-P-O-X is an X-rated, X-P-O-S-E-H-O-P-E.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. We're available there. And I'm actually on Twitter. Um, I actually have a a page that you can go to, Betty Campbell, and you can contact me there on Facebook. And uh, uh, we would love to have you uh, check out our YouTube videos as well. Um, And if you're interested in doing something with the sex industry, helping people, we actually are now in Bend, Oregon, in the Tri-Cities areas. We are in Montana and we're in Florida and we'd love to be everywhere. Mm. Um, There's so many um, men and women who are in this who just need to know that God loves them. Yeah. And that really is the message, right? The message is that that you're loved, that God loves you. Well, Betty Campbell, it's just been a joy to have you in here today. And uh, I cannot wait to to continue to watch your ministry grow and to see you guys uh, uh, continue just to rescue people out of this lifestyle and bring the hope of the gospel because that's really what it is. Uh, You are just a delight. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. You guys, for more information on Exposed Hope, I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash show notes, and you will find all this information. Also, you can email uh, Exposed Hope at Exposed, X-P-O-S-E, Hope at gmail.com. I will link back to these things in the show notes today. I hope you guys will check it out and uh, find out more information about the hope and healing that Exposed Hope is offering through the gospel. Thanks for listening today, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Tuesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.